episode is this? Four. Episode, episode four. four. We are kind of doing a two-part witch deep dive. And so this is our second uh, part of this exploration. Um, I think today we decided we're going to talk about some specific witches. Last time, last episode, we talked about um, like the witch as the archetype and then also kind of witch hunts in general. So we're going to get a little bit more specific. Oh, we'll try anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so as usual, we have our spirited drink today. And so today we're having another drink that we have come up with on our own and we're calling it the summer of the witch summer witch yeah the summer witch the summer witch and it's a lemon and elderflower soda which is like a sparkling soda that you can get at the trader joe's and uh topped with some vodka our friendly no-name vodka so what's up what have you been up to it's been a while yeah since we've um, summer's times, you know, I think I have my familiar problem taken care of, um, <laughs> you know, so, so far so good with right. the little critters. They have gone back to, to hell, hell. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, just winding down summer and, um, here we are. Yeah. And you recently had a birthday. I did. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. I actually forgot how old I was this year, and that says a lot about how old I am. At some point, they all kind of blur together. Yeah. Well, I think all birthdays do after, <laughs> like, 21. Yeah. Like, it might be 30. Like, yeah. 30 doesn't feel too bad, and then... Um, Everything else sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So, I am revisiting a witch that we talked a little bit about last time, Um she is referred to as Dame Alice Keitler or Lady Alice Keitler. And uh, she is Ireland's first condemned witch. And we talked about her last time um, when uh, I was talking about how she was a noble woman who was discovered to have in her possession, quote, a pipe of flying ointment wherewith she greased a staff and upon which she ambled <laughs> and galloped through thick and thin. Oh. Quote. I've been doing a lot of ambling, Gal- galloping. Yeah, yeah, galloping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since that conversation. Right. And um, so, yeah, that was our whole big conversation about broomsticks <laughs> and <laughs> flying and that fun stuff. Um, but then I didn't realize there was this whole big story to her. And um, not just her being a witch, but um, some of the repercussions mm-hmm. of her um, accusation and what happened afterwards. So um, this was the first witchcraft trial to treat the accused as heretics and the first to accuse a woman of having acquired the power of sorcery through sexual intercourse with a demon. Hmm. <laughs> and this is a feature that later becomes common in all the famous witchcraft trials of the 16th and 17th centuries. So she's kind of like the first to really kick off the heresy yeah. Kind of discussion. Um, and sex with a demon. And sex with a demon, know, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lady Alice Keitler was born in Keitler House in County Kilkenny, Ireland. Uh, she was the only child of a Flemish family of merchants who settled in Ireland since the mid-late 13th century. And so here's where she starts to get suspicious. So she is married four times. 
And this in and of itself is enough at the time period to um, raise many an eyebrow. Um, her first husband was William Outlaw. I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a merchant and a money lender from Kilkenny. And they had one son together, and he's he was William Outlaw as well. Um, and at later times, he actually becomes the mayor of Kilkenny. And then they have one daughter, and she, they think her name was Rose, but there's no like really good record right. about her. Um, and then all of a sudden, you jump to her second husband. Uh, by 1302, she is married to Adam Blund of Callan, and he is also a moneylender. Um, and then in 1302... Keitler and Blund are accused of killing her first husband. It's like mob stuff going on. I know. It really is. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of local resentment because she has a lot of wealth. Mm -hmm. And and while she is married to these two men, her first son, her uh, William Outlaw, he is put into a position of being kind of like, like, her heir obviously but like he's like handling money for her um and so there's a ton of resentment because they have so much money and she's also seen as like um funneling money to her son um there's no info that i could find about how her second husband died um and by 1309, she's moved on to third husband, which is Richard Vale. And he is a landholder of County Tipperary. So I guess... He had money. He had money as well. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what a landholder means. I, I mean, maybe it's like a landlord or just... Owned a lot of property. Yeah. Um, but so after his death in 1316, Alice then took proceedings against her stepson, so um, Valet, Val's son, Valet, I'm not sure how this pronounces Val, but yeah. Um, and she did, so she took her stepson to court uh, for the recovery of her widow's dower, which I'm assuming is money that she brought to the marriage from being a widow prior. So it's almost like a dowry in a way. It's like money that she got from her previous marriages that she brings into the next marriage. So she's trying to recover that money that she brought into the the third marriage. This is another mysterious, no information death. Um, And she moves on to her fourth husband. And his name is John Poer. And they get married in 1316, but he falls ill in 1324, and he expresses the suspicion that he is being poisoned. Mm. And a description of him from this time period um, says, quote, he was emaciated with nails torn out and all his body hair removed. And this is consistent with arsenic poisoning. Um, And so that this gives credence to the accusations uh, after his death, Power's children, as well as the children of her three previous husbands, Ooh, got together. Mm-hmm. Um, they get together and they basically um, accuse her of using poison and sorcery against their fathers. 
and of favoring her firstborn son, William Outlaw, which, I mean, how can you, I mean, is that illegal to favor? Bill <laughs> <Hell> Outlaw, come <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> um, but definitely the, you know, the poison sorcery. Um, so this case is brought before the Bishop of Ossory, who was obsessed with the laws of the church and of morality. Um, and even at this time, there was, in Ireland, there was a separation of church and state. So um, he was really trying to, like, get her on this, like, sorcery charge of, like, um, he was seizing on the opportunity to tackle this issue of witchcraft while, you know, the local law was, like, the only thing that she can be, like, brought up on is these charges of poison. Um, but the bishop was just not interested in that. So, and Keitler had powerful friends and allies because she had a ton of money. So she evaded arrest for quite a while. Um, the bishop then demanded that the secular powers should concede to the church. And this became a really like thorny kind of issue later on. Right. Um, and it was kind of like one of the first times that this, this happened. Um, and so Alice and her servants were accused of the following committing heresy, sacrificing to demons, communing with demons, magically excommunicating or usurping the church, making love and hate potions to corrupt the faithful, murdering her past husbands, and engaging in a sexual affair with a demon. (laughs) (laughs) And like, out of all of these, it's like the murdering of her past husbands is like, the least mm-hmm. of the things that people are concerned about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, yeah, right. yeah. That demon. Yeah, yeah. Communing with demons. A lot of demon talk. So after several months of stalemate, one of Keitler's servants, Petronella Demeath, was tortured and confessed to the witchcraft. And her confession detailed her involvement along with Alice's in six out of seven of the crimes that I just listed. Um, and it was, it would seem that even though her testimony was, you know, under torture and forced and unreliable, the accusers actually gained all of their information out of it. And, um, so I I actually have a copy of part of the confession, which is kind of interesting. Um, and so this is quote, on one of these occasions by the crossroads outside the city, Alice had made an offering of three cocks <laughs> to a certain demon whom she called Robert, son of art. She had poured out the cock's blood, cut the animals into pieces, and mixed the intestines with spiders and other black worms like scorpions with a herb called milfoil, as well as other herbs and horrible worms. She boiled this mixture in a pot with the brains and clothes of a boy who had died without baptism and with the head of a robber who had been decapitated. So just like <laughs> just add whatever you can, the horrible thing you can think of. Right. She put in that pot. I, I don't, how did, where'd she get this head from? Yeah. You know, you know, I, um, and so then that was in quote, but, uh, Petronella said she had on several times at Alice's instigation had consulted the demons and received answers for Alice. And she had consented to a pact where she would be the medium between Alice and Robert, which was her, her main demon lover, apparently. Um, Bob. 
<laughs> Bobby. Bobby, I love you. In public, she said that with her own eyes, she'd seen this demon, Robert. And this apparition had happened by daylight. And while Petronella herself was watching, the apparition had intercourse with Alice. And after this disgraceful act with her own hand, Alice wiped clean the disgusting place with sheets from her own bed. End quote. <laughs> but I thought this was another interesting thing. Um... So some people who have like studied this case, mm-hmm. um, they said that given that ergot poisoning was prevalent in the 14th century Europe, it is argued that Petronella could have suffered from an ergot-induced fever dream, which has the similar effects of like taking LSD. So you totally hallucinate things that are just not even there. Right. Um, but it doesn't even matter because um, her testimony is believed doesn't you know i mean it, it just fits the pattern of yeah. all the women being when people being tortured for confessions and right you know who confess after torture and right. yes i did this thing yeah and, you know but they were saying that she might have actually even because she may have had this poisoning she actually really believed right. it um but it, it doesn't like it doesn't matter if she believed it or not no, I, did i miss what where would she have Got why would she have been poisoned? Because um, Arab like the bread was okay. There, like um, it was like moldy. Arab is a, a grain, and okay. there's like a a mold that grows on the grain, and that's one of the things that they thought that perhaps um, sparked the girls that um, were accusing the witches in Salem mm. was ergot poisoning. I think I'm saying that right. Ergot. Um, yeah, so it's like a. It's a mold that grows on grain, okay. and then they're making it into bread, and then everybody's tripping. <laughs> so, <laughs> not a good trip. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, poor Petronella's testimony in the trial actually leads to her own death, and she was actually the first person in Ireland to be burnt at the stake for heresy and witchcraft. Um, and her testimony was also enough to lead prosecutors to move forward against Keitler. And so what does Keitler do? She has money. So she just leaves the country. She goes to England and she appears no further in any of contemporary records. Interesting. So she fought her way out of that situation and her servants and associates ended up having to like take the blame for that. Which I think is kind of interesting. Right. You know, it's And like, then um curious to know what happens to all her properties. Like when mm-hmm. she flees, you know, to you know, is everyone appeased now the children, you know. Right. I it sounds like that she might have been guilty a little bit of killing. Oh, her. So I think she totally yeah. totally was guilty of the poisoning. I don't know about the demon lovers, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um so, but the, the bishop continued to pursue her servants and associates and bringing up charges of witchcraft against all of them. Um, but Petronella's daughter, Basilia, fled with Keitler, which I think is a little bit of a kindness, mm-hmm. probably. Um, Keitler's son, William Outlaw, was also accused of heresy, perjury, adultery, and clericide, which I'm assuming has to do with um, killing someone of the clergy. 
Um, but William recanted and was ordered to hear three masses a day for a year and to feed the poor. And that's all that he got. While poor Petronella got burned at the stake. Talk about like what money will buy you. You can buy your way out of pretty much anything. That's interesting to me that she just disappears she from... Disappears. Took the money and ran. <laughs> I mean, it's not her son, she yeah. left, left some of her... Her favored son. <laughs> yeah. She became an outlaw. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, Ireland's first convicted witch. So, um, this is kind of a popular witch in um, American folklore. And um, what's interesting about it is it's just based on an entity of witch spirits. Okay. Um, so, there's this guy, and his name's John Bell. Mm-hmm. And he lived in the early 1800s, and he moves his family from North Carolina to the Red River um, in Tennessee, near there. Uh, it's now Adams, Tennessee. So if mm-hmm. you ever go in the Bonnaroo, you just travel an hour and a half, I guess, north, uh-huh. and there you can go visit the Bell Witch site. House site. Home and site. it is a site, and that's yeah. what's interesting okay. about it. There's actually one of those historical white iron markers oh. about the Bell Witch, and there's the Bell Witch Cave, so uh-huh. it's, you know, it's got a little tourist attraction there. Oh, um, cool. I guess. I'm, I mean, I've never been. I don't know how big it is, but, you know. Um, and there's been movies made about the Bell Witch and mm-hmm. shows, and... Yeah, I think, like, American Haunting or something like that is the movie version of the Bell is Witch. Is it? Okay. I think so. Okay. Um, so yeah, and I was too cheap to actually run any of like, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, until I, we get some sponsorship, <laughs> and so, um, so he goes there and he moves his family and he is, you know, he has a pretty prominent figure there. His large house, he has a lot of land, mm-hmm. um, he plants and, you know, he's, pretty good standing he's a member uh he's an elder in the church you know Mm -hmm. so he's a religious guy um respected and um you know he had he has a couple more children down there betsy is the daughter who Mm -hmm. um comes into play later and so his story starts in about 1817 and he's out checking out his corn you know (laughs) looking good corn (laughs) and he talked about corn every single episode (laughs) Yeah, okay. we have yeah. <laughs> he loves his corn, so he's checking his corn, and he sees like down the middle of the row a strange-looking animal. Um, it has like a body of a dog and a head of a rabbit or something like that. Whoa. And so his first instinct, I guess, would be shoot it. Yeah, he shoots at it anyway. Okay. He misses, and then maybe he goes looking for it, but it mm-hmm. disappears. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, he goes back and oh, I just saw the weirdest thing, right? Um, so the animal goes, and, um, he doesn't think too much about it, you know, I guess, you know, um, so he's, they're sitting down having dinner with his family and they start hearing some noise, beating sounds outside of their log house. Mm -hmm. I guess it was log. (laughs) And, um, so each night it continues The sound keeps getting louder and they they try to go out there and catch whoever it is but it's there's nothing ever there mm-hmm. so um clearly he pissed something, something off, off right. when he shot at that little thing right and that's why i never shoot at the rats in my <laughs> yard i just i just always in that <laughs> and so okay so um so that's the beginning of it 
Um, then things get a little stranger for the mm-hmm. Bells. Um, the Bell children, they begin um, waking up really scared. Um, um, because they hear, they like claim that they're hearing like rat, rats, rats yeah. gnawing at their bedposts. Oh. You know, like... Um, and sometimes they feel their bed covers are ripped off of them. Mm-hmm. And... They're being, you know, and their pillows are being tossed around and they can't see anything, you know. And you imagine it's pretty dark, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so they can't see anything. And so weeks, in the weeks to come, they um, think it just keeps going on and they start hearing whispering voices. So it's almost like a poltergeist. Yes, right. Kind of. And eventually, like, one version of the story is that the, the, um, the entity named itself is the Kate. Mm-hmm. But... I don't, you know, there also was a woman named Kate who lived by them who, you know, didn't seem to have any mm-hmm. connection at all. So, um, so it's an entity. And they hear like an old woman singing like religious songs and the encounters kind of become a little bit more brutal. The youngest daughter, Betsy, starts to get um, like slapped and her hair is getting pulled and she mm. has bruises on her face. Mm-hmm. And they're keeping it secret because, you know, he's an elder in the church mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a stigma, obviously, to this. They were afraid to right. tell. Or um, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Right. But, uh, and then it just becomes too much. So he needs to tell someone. He tells his neighbor. Mm-hmm. And his neighbor and his wife come every one night and they spend the night and they experience the whole thing for themselves. The mm-hmm. noises, the whispers, the covers, being slapped, you know, and it's just too much. And he jumps out of bed and he yells at this thing, um, what do you want? You know, something, you know, mm-hmm. in the name of the Lord, go away. And he, and it, there's no response and they all kind of settle back in for the night. And so at this point, um, it's out there in the world and it starts to get... People start to hear about it, mm-hmm. and um, are these instances only happening at nighttime? Or uh, that's it... a good question. Um, the way it seems in this, you know, it does seem like it's a nighttime thing, uh-huh. but um, but I don't know. I don't. I think it might be. It might be more than that. You know, <laughs> but the 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 violent episodes seem to be, you know, the things happening at night. Um, so, um, so this goes on and sometimes this entity will even have conversations. Like it can mm-hmm. talk. It will have intelligent conversations. Uh-huh. Um, it will quote word for word sermons, um, that were preached at church that day. Um, so it's like following 13 them. miles apart, right? So right. yeah, so okay. it seems to be followed, following them. And there's even one, le- le- um, legend where John Bell's two sons served in, um, with Andrew Jack's. And young Andrew Jackson's infantry, whatever he was mm-hmm. doing. And so Andrew Jackson at the time, he's a general, he takes an interest in this. Ooh. And he comes to the Bell Farm with some men, an entourage. Mm-hmm. And as they're about to go up to the house and these horses and wagons, um, suddenly the horses stop and they won't budge. Like, the guys get, they can't, they, nothing, right. move, nothing will move. Yeah. And um, animals always know. Yeah, right. And they, the, and it was like, but they were paralyzed. It was like mm-hmm. something was causing them not to move. And um, so basically, um, Jackson's like, well, this must be the, the witch. And yes. and then he hears a voice of this woman. And she's like, okay, I'm going to let you go, oh, more or less. You know, I'll be back tonight. Oh. You know, so they go. And they're sitting in the John Bell and Jackson talking, whatever uh-huh. they talk about. And... Um, Things are quiet. And then one of the soldiers he's with 
kind of maybe a little bit too arrogant for the witch's liking mm-hmm. is like um i'm a witch tamer and i have <laughs> a silver bullet in my gun and they're all afraid of that uh-huh so this entity oh, werewolves yeah <laughs> well got it wrong she didn't like it right you know so she basically um starts to pull the guy around jerk him around like kind of shake him he's terrified um he's actually beaten severely by this Invisible, An invisible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And... And Andrew Jackson's there. Well, you know, that's what they say. But you would think if Andrew Jackson actually encountered a, a witch that he might have written da- it down, right. but who knows, yeah. right? Um, well... He was young at the time. Yeah, and it might be... It would make you look crazy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. right? Man, I don't believe this. Um, right. So, basically, voice is like, um, I'm going to... Um, there's another fraud in this group. And I'm going to mm. identify who that fraud is. So all the men want to leave. They're like, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. This is, you know, Andrew Jackson's like, I want to stick around and find out who's the fraud. fraud. <laughs> <laughs> well, needless to say, the next day they hit the road because that night was a typical um, Bell Witch night of, mm-hmm. you know, disturbances and creepiness. Wrapping and wrapping you know, and, so that, yeah. so that um, happens. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what I'm wondering is, when the witch is like focused on someone else is like the daughter Betsy being left alone I I would imagine um you know um and maybe she wouldn't have been like being like a group of men in the house right you know she probably wouldn't have been yeah so I I think like it's not it picks the witch would pick its person and and the witch evidently or the entity evidently hated John Bell for some reason. And mm-hmm. probably it all seems to go you know, goes back to like shooting the weird animal in the right. field. Right. Maybe but that was her familiar. Maybe. But there's this other theory. And the theory is that Betsy, his daughter, is, you know, coming of marriageable age. Mm-hmm. And she falls for a young man who lives not far from her named Josh. Mm-hmm. Joshua. And with the blessing of her parents and his parents, they decide they're going to get married and you know it's good it was a good match and people were happy about the engagement mm-hmm. except for the witch the witch did not want betsy to marry joshua gardner like do not marry him do not marry him really and so they couldn't what do she get to decide <laughs> they couldn't do anything wherever they went this witch the spirit was there uh-huh. disturbing their peace now there's a theory that exists that um the josh and betsy used to have a school teacher mm-hmm. named richard and he was significantly older than Betsy. And he um, wanted, he had expressed an interest in marrying her when she got older. Oh. And there was also a theory that he was a student of the occult. Oh, I've not heard this. Yeah. And that. Um, fascinating. And that he was, uh, you know, so he was kind of, he was married to another woman at the time. Oh, really? Um, she didn't live in town. She lived nearby Nashville. And. Um, but he liked Betsy, and he was disappointed when she got engaged, but he obviously, you know, what could he do about it? Mm-hmm. But, so there's a theory that I, I read um, that some of these things didn't really even start happening until this teacher um, met Betsy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so some of these disturbances, like, correlate until, like, the timing of that, right. you know, their meeting. Um his wife dies soon after um, Betsy breaks off her engagement with Joshua. Oh, how convenient. And I do believe that she ends up marrying 
this the guy. Teacher? Yes, I do think so. I think that's part of the story. Oh, um, that is not Melanie Shady. Yeah, right? So maybe <laughs> this guy's dabbling with some uh, demon, you know? Anyway, um, Bell still this Edsty hates John Bell mm -hmm. you know and so John Bell is getting older his he's experiencing like twitching in his face he's can't really swallow something he's getting worse of time mm -hmm. right sounds like poisoning right and so his um he would like every time he went to walk the entity would like take off his shoes and slap his face mm -hmm. and then um when he had seizures he'd like Punish him even more. Uh -huh. It was just really brutal with him. And she would be shrill and loud, cursing and, and, and mocking him, old Jack Bell. You know, she just hated, this entity hated yeah. him. And so when he died in 1820, he slipped into a coma the day before. Mm -hmm. And the family finds a small vial um, of some liquid in the cupboard. Uh -huh. And John Bell, the, his son, gives a little bit of whatever is in it to the cat that immediately dies uh, and then the witch comes out and she goes like i gave that to jack um john bell um a big dose of that which fixed him and john jr throws it into the fire and a poof you know big burst of bluish flame as you can imagine i'm a game of thrones moment right <laughs> and shuts um and um like shoots up the chimney etc and so, um, so John Bell has this large funeral, mm -hmm. and the family and friends are leaving the graveyard, and they can hear this entity laughing loudly, singing a song about the bottle of brandy, and it's, um, it didn't stop until everybody was gone, mm -hmm. left the graveyard. And, um, but after John Bell died, the entity kind of um, went away for a while, and mm -hmm. like it had fulfilled its purpose, and just basically, Taunting and right. this this man. So we, I'm, I'm yeah. backtrack a little bit. So yeah. the entity was claiming that it had it had poisoned John mm -hmm. Bell Senior. Mm -hmm. Yes, with that, that little bottle. That, that little bottle of poison. Why did the son give it to the cat to test it? What, to what it test was? it? What it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Poor cat. Um, I know. <laughs> um, so. 1821, the entity comes back to visit John Bell's widow, Lucy, mm -hmm. her name was. And it tells her that it will return to visit in seven years' time. Mm -hmm. And so in 1828, it comes back as promised, and it visits with John Bell Jr. And um, it's like the way the story tells is they just have this normal kind of conversation about <laughs> the origin of life, civilizations, Christianity. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, demon. spiritual awakening, you right. know, um, it foresees the Civil War coming and other events, you know, things wow. like that. Um, so now it's being nice. Right. Like, now it's being a helpful... It said it's very well after, like, a three-week visitation. <laughs> um, it promises to um, visit Bell's descendants in 107 mm -hmm. years. Wow. Um, 107. Which, 1935 would have been the year. Okay. Um, and... You know, um, so that would have been a guy by the name of um, Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, maybe. Maybe he was a de descendant. He writes a book, The Bell Witch, that was published in 1934. Mm -hmm. um, and no follow-up was published in that he dies in 1945. Um, so we so, don't know if, it, if right. she came for a visit. But um, they do say 
that um, if you go to the Bell Farm today, mm-hmm. um, that the witch is often blamed for unexplainable manifestations. Mm-hmm. Um, that some things I think still occur. That there are sounds of people talking sometimes, and you can hear sound, faint sounds of children playing and. Um, Candlelights, people claim to see candlelights mm-hmm. dancing through the dark fields. Um, photography is weird because you can see orbs of light, mm, um, other kind of phenomena. Um, I don't know if I believe in orbs. Yeah. How do you feel about orbs? All I, I have I is orbs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whatever I want to believe in something, right. like it's like there's there's the yeah, orbs. You know, so yeah. Don't kill this for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, like the orbs are the like on on the hierarchy of things that I I will believe in. Orbs are like on the bottom, right? I'm just like no, no, that's not convincing enough I, for by me. By the time of the end of this podcast, I will have a hierarchy of things. Um, so orbs are just part of my right, like. Okay. I guess if I saw if I saw right some sort of like with my own eyes, well, rather you, than then we'll take like, a trip to the Bell Witch Farm because right. you know uh, that would be a different experience. We'll try some. We'll look in search of the orb, right? Um, and at least in our photography. Um, so yeah, so um, two hundred years ago or more, I guess now. What is the do the math for me? And how I feel about math? Um, We've this, already established that yeah. we don't do math. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's, you know, people go visit it, I, I imagine. Um, I watched, like, the beginning of a cheesy show where these documentary filmmakers want to go to the farm and they meet up on a farm and was like, get out of here. You know, oh, no. he wasn't rude. I mean, but he was just like, I can't be responsible for what happens to you. Oh, so, that's kind you know. of um, yeah. But it's a place. You can visit the Bell Witch Cave. Hmm. Um, What's the Bell Witch Cave about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there, that have to there do was a them? cave. There's okay. there's some other details about okay. the story that um, I'm totally missing. But um, <laughs> is that where the spirit maybe maybe you know like hung Kate, out during Kate, the day? Like the spirit of Kate, especially uh, is her name. No, I like that you chose to do like because it's not a traditional witch. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's <clears throat> something different. <throat> something else was going yeah. on there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's interesting that they. Called it a witch. Now, people, it seemed like we're very willing to believe witches were real in general mm-hmm. during this period of time prior, you know, um, you know, so that's not surprising. I would love to, like, actually talk to people who have more of a historical be- right. like, understanding of the story because it's we kind of find the bell descendants. I know, right? <laughs> so every seven years, you get to knock on the door. Right. You know, but um, so, yeah, so it was just interesting. And it kind of reminded me, I think what drove me to it was, like, kind of the, like the the Blair Witch, mm-hmm. you know, like there's this legend yeah. that exists in this, this is farmland, but in the right. woods, and you're trying to unravel the mystery of, is this real? Is this real? Right. You know, so it kind of has, and I wonder sometimes if like, there, maybe there's some, can, I'd be interested to know if the Blair Witch writers had a back, you know, like right. knew the story of the Bell Witch, you know. Um, yeah. But she didn't, she killed John Bell. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Let's <laughs> not go accusing any entities. But then she also liked to sit around and philosophize. I know. <laughs> so well, it seems like once he was gone, mm-hmm. she wasn't, like, angry anymore. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I guess the rest of you lot aren't that bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird that she strange focus on the eldest daughter, though. Because that, isn't that a thing with poltergeists? Like, mm-hmm. when there's teenagers... 
poltergeist activity tends to like happen with the they're drawn to the child like the yeah child. like that emotional emotionally charged energy of a you know teenager right but i've what i've heard i don't know yeah yeah uh yeah i think so but you know like i like the theory that the um the horny school teacher was yeah the horny old goat school teacher was, <laughs> it was yeah. trying, you know wanted to like scare the crowd out of him but, right i like yeah. that i like that theory too <laughs> i think that's funny um, I mean, we, maybe he was manifesting something there. Or maybe John Bell wasn't a good man, mm-hmm. and he was murdered by someone. His family, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was a real dick, and his family, all, like, poisoned him. Right. I did see, and I didn't watch the documentary again, because I didn't want to spend twelve ninety nine to it. Because I, I would have gotten good reviews. I'm not that right. cute. But it was like, it got really crappy ones. But um, one theory is that he was poisoned by, I don't know if he was a slave owner, but mm. a theory was he was poisoned by one of his slaves. So I, when, when I was doing well, research was about him, I wasn't very Tennessee general. Yeah. In that time period, I'm yeah. sure he did have And slaves. he had a lot of land yeah. and, you know, so, but they, most of the stuff I read about him didn't go into that mm-hmm. history. Um, you know, so you can just kind of infer that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard some of this story before, um, and I've heard, like, some of the variations are that um, he was in a land dispute with Kate, who was an older mm-hmm. woman yep. who lived mm-hmm. nearby, and so then um, all of this manifestations in his house got blamed on her. Um and it's unclear whether or not like she was actually doing anything at all, but he was blaming all these problems on her mm-hmm. for her cursing him because he was basically trying to like quit claim her land or something, you know. Yeah. There is a book called Our Family Trouble, the story of the Bell Witch of Tennessee that mm. kind of goes into the Kate aspect of okay. it. Um Our Family Trouble. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like a really uh, well written yeah. book. <laughs> I think it was self published. It's only a dollar ninety nine on Kindle, Ooh. right in my budget. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, so it is interesting. I like this story because I like yeah. I like ghost stories. Yeah. So the fact that this witch is a ghost, yeah, or an ent- you know, is um, or an entity of some sort is makes it interesting to me. Right. Um, but I would love, you know, to like hear from people who live in Adams, Tennessee to see like right. anything weird has happened in yeah. this week. Hey, Tennessee <laughs> listeners. So next time you get a Bonnaroo and you so want to take a little field trip, <laughs> go to Adams, Tennessee and check out the Bell Witch Cave. If you know anything about the Bell Witch, go ahead and write into us. At very superstitious pod at gmail.com. This is when we do all the things where we talk about yeah. <laughs> all the ways you can reach us. Um, we're also on Twitter and we have an Instagram account. Um, and also, I want to thank Moving East for doing our audio for us and also doing the awesome music that um, that's our intro music and our outro music. Um, and he can be found on SoundCloud and this podcast can be found on SoundCloud and also iTunes and we will get on to an Android platform at some point. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're gonna sign it off. Yep, we'll see you next time. Yeah. When we discuss something. <laughs> <laughs>